Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things the culture doesn't want to talk about. And that might scare you. Hey, we, uh, we're here today. We've got an amazing show. We've got friends uh, of mine that I absolutely love. Uh, and you've probably heard them if you live in the Indianapolis area and you listen to uh, radio ever. We have in the studio today the ones and the onlys, <laughs> Mock and Rob. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> so I have a question for you. <laughs> okay, good. This is going to be And Nathan, maybe show. you can answer this. <laughs> How is he everywhere? <laughs> How is he everywhere? This, this is, at, at this <laughs> time last year, he was a guy. He was a guy who I knew. I met him at a Qdoba, <laughs> and he was a guy who'd ran for Congress. And I was like, "Gosh darn it, I got to meet with this guy." <laughs> okay, fine. And now he's everywhere. Yes. He's kind of the man. Yes, the the, the schedule is fast, <laughs> and, and 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 so we don't really. Uh, make him keep hours as much. <laughs> We're just like, where's Mike? Does he make? Can, can somebody check the schedule? Yeah, I, you. It's all laid out on the calendar. You can see where I'm at, and but there's a lot there. But I will say this, Rob. Just like with Don Rainwater, you made me. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> we're we're kingmakers. That's right. right? Will, will that's you it. give me a plaque at some convention like Rainwater did? That's right. If you don't know who Don Rainwater was, he was the Libertarian candidate that ran for governor last year, and you got him fourteen million votes. Fourteen Is million, that what, something and, like that. And it, and it came out to twelve percent of the vote. <laughs> no, no, no. I just it's it's a it's amazing the impact you guys are having, and like I said, I'm getting sick of seeing you at every single event that, oh, that pulls up in my timeline. Well, I love you. Man, I I can't tell you how many people that are actually beginning to come to our church because they heard heard Micah on the Mock and Rock show. Yeah, wow, oh yeah. So every every one of our campuses, I'm meeting people all the time. Do you guys keep track of how much they donate so we know what (laughs) our monetary impact is on the church? Well, between between that and all of the. uh, he, he's done so many of these religious, um, religious yeah. exemptions and a lot of those <laughs> folks they're like they're like thank you they're so grateful and uh he was telling me yesterday we had like 30 people that have given to the church as a result from, of well, just from out of state from out so, of state yeah, yeah. so and, and we don't obviously we don't we say all the time like hey you don't have to they, they'll ask us can we can we give you some money i'm like no we're doing this to defend your freedom because you know that's what we do right and they said well we, we want to bless the church somehow so i said all right well here's the link to the give online yeah. giving so they'll do that so i like to defend people's freedoms i know rob does not do that during football season. So he's made that very clear. So if you're listening to this, you need your freedom defended, and it's not football season, go to Rob. Here, but if here's the So here's the deal. And and I, I again, Mock, you can pipe in on this. I feel like I do my part for the cause eight you, months you, out of the year. You do some things, I'm yes. hyper-motivated 24-7, eight months out of the year. Four months out of the year, that's mine. Give two thirds to the people, keep one for myself. Gotcha. It's, it's like a lot. It's a lot like better. Tithe. Than, you're yeah, tithing to yourself. Right. I'm, tith- I'm tithing to myself. <laughs> and by the way, my favorite thing was you were on the news recently about the religious exemptions. Yeah. Wish I think it was Wish yeah, TV. Yeah. Wish. Yeah. Yeah. And this photo, I'm scrolling through my feed. I'm scrolling through my feed, and it says, you know, pastor issues religious exemptions. And I'm looking at this photo of you, and I'm like, that looks a lot like Micah. <laughs> But it was badly lit. It was like you were in a dungeon somewhere. Your hair was not perfectly in place like it normally is. It was like bizarro Micah. And then I'm like, that is Micah. Maybe it was Misha. It could have been Misha. It could have been. 
I, the alter ego. That's right. <laughs> Listen, man, I got people out for me. When I write those religious exemptions, I do it in a safe place. Okay, I go down <laughs> into the bomb shelter. I write the religious <laughs> exemptions, and then we send them out by pigeons. Uh, <laughs> So, no, but, yeah, man, it's so good to have you guys. And so I, I thought today we could talk a little bit. Nathan and I were, were just discussion, discussing about where we go with this. But, one, just kind of want to hear sort of your backstory, kind of how you guys built your influence. Because this show is we want to help people, you know, hey, you, you, everyone has a voice, you know, and you guys are just normal people. That's what I love about you. I think that's what the listening audience in, in Indianapolis loves about you guys is you're normal, authentic people. So kind of how you got your start and then, and then, um, you know, then we kind of want to talk a little bit about like, like truth in our culture right now, because one thing I've noticed about the WIBC call, uh, the listening audience is even if they're not believers, like Christians, they know truth. Like they'll know what's right. And a lot of times they just don't always connect those dots. Like the why behind the truth, you know, they might say, man, I really believe self-defense isn't, is a right that I should have. And it's like, yeah, because God, God gave you that and here in his word. This is where it says you have a right to defend yourself. Oh, I never knew that. I, you know, I knew it was right, but I didn't know that it was, it was because, yeah, right. So I've loved that really about the, the WIBC audience. Cause there's a, there's a, there's a truth that people are gravitating towards, but there's the absolute truth on the why behind it. So we kind of want to dive into that a little bit and get your thoughts on that. And, and then, but first I just say, you know, tell us about how you guys got to where you are today. Well, you're Ma, big deal. Mock's story is much happier than mine, so we'll let her go first. <laughs> what do you mean happier? What does that even mean? Well, you live in Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yours is actually like a true, uh, you know, born into radio kind of story. I think what you're looking for is American success. I think the phrase you're looking for is an American success story. No, that's not what I was looking for at all. But... but <laughs> But you're a person who, like, knew from the time that you could crawl that you wanted to be in radio. So, like, this has been your path, and that's very different from and, my story. And Mock was, oddly enough, both the gatekeeper and the blockade at various times <laughs> to my success. <laughs> So I, I served in elected office for four years at the local level. You're the reason that we're in the, the right. crap that it's we're in. Me. Oh, and I was going to run for state senate, and I started thinking about this and thinking about it, and I thought, man, I'm not going to get anything done there because they're going to hate me. And I know how the Republican Party deals with people they hate. They lock you in a corner. They tell everybody that you're crazy. Did that ever happen to you, Micah? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, many times. It's happening and, now. And so at the time, there was a, a radio station that had just come on the air in Hendricks County, and they said, we think you'd be really good at doing a, a show. And, Micah, you know this. You can be a commentator or a politician. You can't be a commentator and a politician. And so I said, talking about other people sounds way better than being talked about. I'm going to go do that. And then I got the interview with Trump. And then WIBC was like, who is this guy? How did he get Trump? And so they brought me in as sort of the permanent fill-in guy. And then they made a, what, they made a programming change lineup, right? They moved you guys. Oh, time-wise. Yeah, yeah, from afternoons to middays. And by you guys, you're speaking of the chicks on the right. Who? Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> he never likes to actually remember. Which is pretty awesome. Chicks, <laughs> listen, the chicks, My when I told my sister from Michigan, I was like, I'm going to be on the Mock Rob show. She was like, I've never heard of him. I'm like, Mock's one of the chicks on the right. And she was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what? You're going to be on the 
Chicks on the Run. No, I'm gonna be on Mockery Rock. But that's Mock from Chicks on the Run. It was like, it was like, oh man, and, you know, took, pulled the phone back from my ear, and she's screaming in my ear. I'm like, yeah, we're kind of a big deal, Rob. <laughs> the, and it's a, it's a, like, it's like a. It, it, I say this in a good way. You got they're like a cult following. Like your people are the most the chicks on the right, as loyal as the WIBC audience is, the chicks on the right audience is even more loyal than that. They, it's we have an amazing uh community. And and that's what we're the proudest of, right? When it comes to our, our whole brand, it's the community that we have built because the people that have somehow found their way to our podcast or our website or however it is that they found us, our old radio show, they become friends with each other. And then there's all of these little offshoot communities and friendships that form. And then we hear about them. And it, it's that's the most satisfying and rewarding part about all of it. And it was a total accident and like this complete weird serendipitous way that um that Amy Joe who's the other chick that Amy Joe and I found each other so it turns out like I'm going to try to make a very long story super short um that she grew up about 7 houses away from my husband in Atlanta Georgia but that had nothing to do with how we met. So I'm here in Indianapolis, obviously married to my husband. I interview her for a job back in the day when I was in HR and she was a technical writer. And um, this was like right when Facebook was starting to be a thing. So this was like 2007, summer of 2007. And well, you were on it way before that, Rob, because you were like hitting on all the ladies. You know, Facebook was designed to pick up chicks. Right. I remember seeing you on MySpace. <laughs> I was like, this guy's really creepy. I remember saying that from my college dorm room. Yeah, like, yeah. stay away from Rob. You know, MySpace really was, it was like the dark web of social media. <laughs> if you were walking in the front door, you were DMing through Facebook. If you were up to shenanigans, you were on MySpace. Like, hey, guys, you want to come meet my new friend, Tom? <laughs> Tom Anderson, he's so nice. <laughs> So anyway, um, it turns out I interviewed her. There wasn't like a match at the time, but I remember really liking her on the phone. Uh, I hadn't met her in person. And then fast forward about a year later, and I saw that she had become friends with one of the groomsmen in our wedding. And I was like, what the heck? He's in Atlanta. She's here. I'm here. And so I asked that friend, how in the world are, how do you know her? Because I know I talked to her on the phone for a job last year. And he was like, oh, you know, Ron knows her too. Your husband knows her too. We all grew up together. So then that's the kind of thing like girls can't let that go. Right. So I immediately had to reach out to her on messenger and I was like, or whatever the Facebook way of communicating was at the time. And I was like, I just have to tell you this small world story. And you grew up with my husband and like, I met you last year on the phone and everything is so crazy. So it was girly screaming virtually. And then it turned out I had another job opening to fill at that time. I hired her at the company I was working at. We were instant best friends. And that was the summer of 2008, right before Obama got elected. And it was when he was like exploding in popularity and we could not understand it, even though we were not particularly engaged in politics at that time. And it was all we would talk about. We'd go to lunch every day. We would talk about it. We were just like, what is happening to our country? And then that December after the election, she was like, maybe we should start a website. 
And so we did. And so February of 2009, that kicked off. And we had a really nice um, run up of publicity after we became one of the trailblazers in terms of Facebook trying to shut us down and censor us. That happened very, very early for us. You guys were like, the, yeah, the, some of the first conservatives. You, you, were the, talking, you were the OG of censorship on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I really, I, I totally agree with that statement because that was January of 2013. And it was the, one of the first times that, you know, the trolls would come out and report a post that we did on mass, and that set off all the algorithms and the triggers or whatever. And I get locked out of our account. She happily stayed in. But because it was such a new thing for Facebook to go after a conservative for just writing something snarky about Jay Carney, um, that was a big deal. And so Todd Starnes of Fox News ended up picking that up, that story. And then we had this explosion of popularity. And it ended up being really great for us because Facebook then apologized publicly. That was a huge deal. And then David Wood from 93 WIBC sent us an email and said, I think you should be on the radio. And we thought he meant, oh, you're gonna, we're going to be a guest on somebody's show. On Rob's show. <laughs> <laughs> well, this time it was the Greg Garrison show. Yeah, that, that he that. was the big guy, right? Yeah. And so we oh, thought, yeah. oh, we would love to be on Greg's show. And David wrote back and said, um, I don't think you understand. I'm thinking maybe you guys would want to have a show. And we were like, oh, well, we don't know how to do that. Neither one of us have radio experience. It's not anything we've ever thought about. He was like, well, we can we can help you with that. And so we spent a couple weekends just going in to visit and like learning the ropes of radio. And then we started a Saturday afternoon show. That lasted a few months. We tried out for drive time and and somehow got that. And then that's how I got into radio. It was a complete wow. accident. I have no idea what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I just don't, 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 don't say that publicly because then the left is going to be like, she even said it herself. She doesn't know what she's doing. I don't. I still don't. <laughs> Rob can attest. I know nothing. Yeah, she about, knows nothing. <laughs> I know nothing about broadcasting or like. I, I'm looking at the setup even in here in the room that we're recording this in. I, everything looks like foreign territory. There's wires and crazy. I have no idea. All I know is that I just get myself situated in front of a mic and I just have conversations. Yeah. So then they move. The chicks moved from doing afternoons when Garrison retired to the midday uh, spot where and then Hammer and Nigel took afternoons. And they said because I was kind of the permanent fill in guy at the time. They said, would you like to work here? full time and i said well it depends on with who and and they said we're thinking about uh, hiring you hiring you as producer for chicks on the right and i said oh i know those chicks they're both hot <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's sign that up and uh <laughs> and so they uh they said well you know let's have you guys get together and talk and so we went to some fancy it wasn't that schmancy, fancy it, it was, was first watch there was no egg mcmuffin on the menu box <laughs> it was pretty fancy <laughs> No, because it was breakfast. It was yeah. like breakfast food. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was like more than $7 for a breakfast. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that they could charge more than $7 for a breakfast. <laughs> and there's no free refills here on whatever I got to drink. And it wasn't in a paper cup. And uh, so I met with them. And the thing of it is, Mock hated me. It's not true. 
I didn't. I wasn't crazy about him. <laughs> but I but did not hate, hate him. him. You didn't hate him. There's hate's, I was, hate's I was a strong just word. Worried. I was just worried about because here's my here was the thing. I don't even know if we've like had this conversation in depth. No, but fortunately, Daisy was totally enamored with me. This is also okay. fake news. That's <laughs> no. completely that's a lie. That's just an outright lie. So how do you get the job if you didn't like him? You hated well, him, and Daisy wasn't here, enamored with him. So okay, so we're he. You know the the bosses at WIBC sort of give us an overview of Rob, and they're like, you know, he's done radio. He's like own to radio station he knows things about radio he's you know just here's here's a clip of him on on a show i don't even remember what clip i listened to you of um probably when trump told me i was terrific no it wasn't that (laughs) (laughs) but it was some clip where you were arguing with someone and it was the person you were arguing with was a liberal and i remember listening to it going wow he really held his own that was good he's clearly engaged he clearly knows his stuff so that wasn't the issue but my worry was that he wouldn't be able to play like he wouldn't be able to loosen up and and like lose the I'm Mr. Serious Politics. And now man. he doesn't even wear pants when he goes <laughs> right. in. So, like, you've loosened them <laughs> up. But a this lot. has been an evolution, I think. Don't you agree? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, like, for the first, I don't know, four to six months, um, it was just not, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't, I was worried that he just could not let loose. And then finally, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know if you can pinpoint it. I don't know if you can pinpoint the time where you finally felt like I can be really silly and obnoxious and inappropriate and it worked. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, probably the time I realized you guys wouldn't sue me for sexual harassment. Or, and and so then you know we ended up working together for about what three and a half years basically, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it's awesome. Like Mock and Daisy were awesome to work with because sometimes in radio I'm not going to name any names, but some people are really serious about what they do to the point that they're too serious. And I'm mm-hmm. sure in your professions, your life, in your is industry the right word? That's not a right <laughs> word, is it? But oh, you the biz any calling. Yeah, the, the calling. But, yeah, but, but 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 you know, in, in in what you guys do every day, there's a seriousness to it, yeah. but you have to be able to read a room, adapt to the room, deliver a message that fits to the room. And sometimes in radio, people just take themselves, as I'm sure you guys find, way too serious all the time. And that's the thing with them is no matter what I did, they never got upset about it, which gives you the freedom to be whatever you want to be and know if it fails, if it doesn't work, if you try it, they're not going to get upset and their husbands aren't going to call you and leave an angry voicemail <laughs> based on what you say on the air. Well, there's, and, a, there's a lot of, of that that's similar. You know, when we're, when we're ministering to people, they want to have a good time. Mm. You know, we, we like to say Mike is a breath of fresh air. And, um, sorry, um, (laughs) we we like to say that Mike is a breath of fresh air. Um, and he's just tons of fun. And, you know, the, the church grows and thrives on seeing people that really like to work together and, and and can have a good time doing it. In fact, that's, that's when I listen to you guys and I think, man, they're just fun people. Well, I'm just sitting here just like, this is hilarious. There's so much laughter, you know, and, and this is, I think why, I look, I I love the chicks, so don't don't take this wrong. But I when when I heard Rob was gonna, this was before I knew you guys, so yeah. I, I just knew of you. When I heard Rob was gonna, you know, take the place of Daisy, if you will, and and I was like, nah, that's probably not gonna work. And, you know, <laughs> and I, was, and I was, but as I've listened to you guys, and one of the things that always comes out uh, over the airwaves is there's so much joy. And laughter, and you know, scripture actually really hits on this. This it, Bible says that laughter does good like a medicine. Mm-hmm. And right now, people 
feel very sick all around our country because they they just the, there's so much crap going on, right? And I think when they tune into you guys, you guys don't even know it, but you're providing this medicine where they're like, you know what? They're talking about heart issues, but there's such a joy and a a just a laughter, and I feel better after listening. And, and yeah, they didn't water down the issues, and, and but boy, I just you know I have a it's like a ray of sunshine coming in on a dark cloudy day. So I love that. Know. I love that you yeah. said that. And, and you know, recently we've been able to talk to. Um, members of our audience at, at various events and stuff. And that we hear that, like we hear that. I, I hear that when I'm yeah. out with Daisy, I hear it when I'm with Rob, that what people appreciate the most is that when they feel like everything is just crushing them yeah. and the news is so awful and everything seems like it's just the worst. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, they, they look to us to give them a little bit of relief from that. Cause they don't want to disengage. Mm -hmm. They want to know what's going on, but they don't want to just be yelled at and they don't want to feel miserable after they listen to the show. Yeah. And so that's what I hope that we do. Well, I feel like we do it well because yeah. we do get that kind of feedback. And, and I think you guys do this too, um, with what you do is, we say things that other people don't say. Like for years, WIBC was the conservative station. So it was Republican good, Democrat bad. Mm -hmm. And there were battle lines and there were, you know, this, from the old Westerns, there were white hats and black hats and you knew who the good guys and bad yeah, guys yeah. are. And you run into this. And we talk about this all the time. And you and I go back and forth on certain individuals that just because someone puts a letter next to their name, it doesn't make them a good a good guy or girl. It's how they actually govern. And you guys do this with your messages too, which is delivering hard messages in a different way that even if initially people don't agree with you, they walk out of, the, out of there thinking that's different and I'm intrigued by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time. I, I, I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh when I was 14. You know, I spent mm -hmm. a lot of time with Rush. And uh, you, you didn't understand him until you heard him for a while. He used to always say, hey, I need six weeks. Yep. Because you think Rush is the biggest egotistical jerk in the world, but in truth, he was pretty humble. And he really loved people. He was very nice to people that disagreed with him. He put them up to the top of the yeah. list. He'd, have, <laughs> he'd be very understanding. And he actually, by the end of the conversation, he was so winsome that people were like, I didn't know that I was a conservative until until I, you asked, actually broke it apart for me. I thought, I thought you were this because you were labeled that way. And, and, and that's in many ways, that's what we have to have people come to the church for a little while because they're, you know, we, uh, and sometimes we call them seekers or people that are willing to start asking questions about God, but they're, you know, maybe they've been burned, maybe they've heard stuff, but they're just trying to figure it out. And that first kind of uh, introduction to God many times is, is you and, know, is, and, a, and, is a person who either greets them at the door or maybe they hear a message. Well, it's like the first time I met with Micah. Like, I was drawn to, I could tell Micah was genuine and he loved what he was doing. And that's yeah. part of why I said, I think we can use this guy on the radio yeah, because yeah. he genuinely loves, and I know you've, you've interviewed enough people over the years and worked with enough people that you know when someone's uh, BSing you and you know when someone's genuine in the way they feel for what they what they do. And you also know when they would be resonate when they would resonate with an with an audience that you already have. And yeah. so like 
because I don't think when you guys first did the interview, I don't think I was part of that. No, I knew I didn't meet you until. Oh, well, I had the phone interview because I got thrown out of the Republican That's Party. Right. And was I, I in that? You were. Okay. But she, she's remember. like, he looks like Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because Rob told me about you. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good story. We'll do that story. Yeah. And I remember after we interviewed you on the phone, I remember after having like that first interaction, yeah. I was like, he's so easy right. to talk to. Yeah. And that's hard yeah. to do, actually. I mean, pe- I think there's uh, uh, people just assume, oh, I could, I could talk to anybody on the phone and it'll be fine. But it's, there is... And I don't know if it goes back to like the thing where I was worried about you, Rob, when we first met. I was like, is he going to be able to play? You instantly played. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so th- it was like I could tell e- that you were super easy to to talk to and you were super engaging about your story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is a talent. I mean, that that's a talent. Yeah. And that's why it's worked out so well for you to fill in for oh, yeah, either one it. of us yeah. when, we're, mm-hmm. when we're out. Oh, it's, it's easy. I think when you get around like-minded people who know what's going on in the world, but also can not take it so seriously. Like yeah. you want to go jump out, out the window after you're done talking to him, you know, <laughs> like you, you can, it, it is like you said, it's, it's, it's easy to play. And anytime I've filled in on WIBC, it's like, I forget that we're actually on the radio. It's just like, we're, we're having a good time, you know, laughing together and making fun of Jacob or <laughs> Now, now does Mike does Micah properly file for his off days when he comes in with us? Because I've heard he's trying to write this off as some sort of ministry function or something. Well, it was was a day we were having staff meeting, right. and uh, and his camera's blacked out. And I'm like, why is On his Zoom. camera blacked out? And then it, and it it shows up, and and then I have to look at the rest of the staff, and I I, I don't, he's at WIBC. <laughs> Uh, I literally had, Mock, this was the first time I filled in with you. No joke. I had my computer up. And you couldn't see me or my my computer because we were sitting across from each other. But I had one, I had the microphone here and I had had my air air bud in on my other ear. I'm listening to the meeting st- on the show with you. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this could be good or bad. <laughs> well, you're obviously way better at multitasking than Rob. Because like anytime, I can tell when he's not totally oh, listening yeah, right to there. me. So my issue is, <laughs> I here we go. I bet a lot. <laughs> and golf will start at like eight in the morning. So if one of the, on Thursday and Friday, if one of the guys I've bet on tees off early in the morning, I've got to do the radio show and follow this guy virtually around a golf course. <laughs> and that's not easy to do. No, it's not uh, easy yeah, to you do. Know, I'm so sorry. You have a hard life, Rob. That is, that is tough, man. That's tough. One of the things that you, you put on yourself. Yeah. One of the things that, that you, Rob, and you, Micah, both have mentioned, and I think you too, Nathan, that in this conversation is that um, there's a, there's a, we have this ability to not take ourselves too seriously, mm-hmm. right? And that's what makes, I think, the shows that we do fun. But we also, to your point that you made earlier, Rob, we also, to the point where, you know, he's talked about other radio hosts who get like super wound up if something doesn't go right. Yeah. Like if there's a technical issue, if there's some sort of mess up, if the producer doesn't hit the sounder at the right time, all of these things are like a normal part of radio, right? Well, starting way back with the chicks and continuing on to this day, I embrace the mistakes because I feel like the more that those happen and the more that we can laugh them off, the more real and genuine we are. And I don't want to be, I don't ever want to be the kind of person who gets upset when the mistakes happen because they happen to everybody. And so to the extent that we can just roll with it, I feel like that makes us all more relatable to the audience and that they appreciate the fact that 
things don't go perfectly for you all the time. Things are going to happen. And, and even because Daisy and I, now that we do the Chicks on the Right um, radio and video podcast, we get told by our producers, don't mention the technical errors. Like, don't focus on the fact that your um, connection is bad. And I'm like, I can't not do that. <laughs> if the connection is bad and Daisy I know it. Daisy goes away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm going to address it because people constantly comment I can't hear Daisy or there's an echo. And so I'll be like, oh my God, you guys, this echo is terrible. I you like addressing see a church it. service at like <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We have this whole time. Hey, that word is definitely spelled wrong. <laughs> and, and it was and supposed I, to be shift. And, and, <laughs> I but don't you think it's that. better to just own it and laugh yeah. about it? And yeah. and people, you know, that's kind of like uh, the the excellence that everybody wants. It's not necessarily everything goes great. But right. It, it, it's it's the excellence of character. I yeah. think it's the excellence of things that that outside of. You know these stupid things going wrong. This is who who yeah. we are. You mm -hmm. Just trying. You, you know, that's a, authenticity, right? Yes. That's a business principle. That's an organization. Like top organizational leaders will tell you, you have to have a culture where there's freedom to fail. You know, right. and I think if your people feel like there's freedom to fail, they take risks, and risks are what grow the talent. It's what grows the organization, the 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 income, whatever you're doing. Like you're building something when there's freedom, and your team knows that they. There is, there's a lot of growth that happens, and mm. I think, yeah. And one of the things Mock and Daisy did really well, and it took me a while to understand this, because I, I grew up like you guys did. It was Rush. It was Garrison. It was, you know, the, these traditional uh, Hannity, Mark Levin, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, just the, the regular suspects of talk radio is Mock and Daisy – got outside of the little box of mainstream conservatism, which is tax rate, growth of government, you know, the traditional mm -hmm. things that we talk about. And they talked a lot about midget those, porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to have to edit that one out. That's uh although this is Jesus sex and politics. I thought that's so. why we were here was for the, the sex side of it. We thought you guys had the Jesus and politics covered. <laughs> But, Wait, but are you worried about the porn or the fact that I said midget? I, I don't, I don't know. know. I actually, my mind doesn't know which way to go on this one. So. <laughs> there, there, there is a genre for that. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the point, yeah. right? Because there's actually the name of a genre. And and so one of the one of the things that uh, that they did really well is start talking about things that might attract people from the outside who otherwise, when scanning their dial. Wouldn't stop if they heard we're talking about raising the debt ceiling, but they would stop if they heard in some capacity about the Kardashians. Well, yeah. if you can get them interested enough in, hey, these people are talented enough and I enjoy listening to them, even if they're talking about the Kardashians, then maybe I'll stay when they're talking about how hypocritical the Republicans are yeah. on the debt ceiling. Yeah. And, and they did. And that was one of the things mock really showed me. And it's made me a much better broadcaster. I was actually considering the priesthood before I met. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not be laughing at that. Oh, yeah, the, you, God, I guess God could use you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they showed me, Hey, you have to be able to talk about these other things yeah. because the audience is, getting younger, you know, there's, yeah. you, you, we can't do things the way we always did them. And, and she's done a great job of that over the years of taking non political topics and making them interesting enough that when you get to the political topics, people will yeah, want to say, still, you're still right. there listening. Yeah. I, on the drive home, I remember, you know, Hollywood crushes. Okay. If I wouldn't have been married with the, you know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, 
I can't help but be intrigued. I got to find out what Mark's going to say here. <laughs> and, and, and we do, or at least I do, uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't just sit around drinking Long Islands, betting on sports, and viewing a Pornhub membership We're all in day. Your, in your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> but at, we, at Taco Bell. But, yes. Yes. <laughs> Rob consumed 7,832 calories today, and they all came from KFC and Wendy's. But I've been able to kind of take this person and create and push it to the absurd to prove a point. Because there are people who are the absurd, and if you engage the absurd, it proves a point and it draws people in. Uh, It's fascinating to me how, and, and again, I'm sure you guys find this, that People are just afraid to engage and expand who they are. And sometimes it's fun to have fun with that if you're not worried about, oh, people are going to judge me and think I'm really that that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, just kind of thinking about, um, you know, when you're drawing people in and you're getting them to have a conversation with you. Like a lot of my conversations don't involve the Lord at first, you know, or, or faith or morality or anything like that. You're just looking for where you can connect with people and they got to know, you know, you've, you've got to take the time to develop that and just be a fun person, yeah. you know, to get people to, to, to join in the conversation. They actually care about what we have to say. Once they like you, you know, they got to get to like you. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I'm so proud of the fact, and I know this was true for me and Daisy, it's true for me and Rob too, that a lot of our listeners will say, I'm a Democrat and I can't stand your politics, but I really love your show. Mm, and cool. so yeah. anytime I hear that, I'm like, we're doing this right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because right. if we're at least uh, entertaining them and we're making them laugh, then maybe at least a little bit of the stuff that we're saying is actually... The truth. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, maybe it's percolating a little well, bit. Well, and how many times did, you know, you mentioned you mentioned that you grew up too on Rush, you know, how many times... Did people come out and say, I never knew I was this? Right. And it took a long time. When we're trying to bring people to to, to faith in Jesus, they it's it's like a lot of the WIBC listeners. I think they know what truth looks like, but they don't know where it came from. They don't know where it originated. And so, you know, a lot of times that's what happens when you're reading the Bible and and you're understanding this this is the process of this. A, and and we can actually come and say, yeah, do you believe that? Because God put yeah. that in your heart. It comes from here. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day, the the story of the Mayflower. Yeah. And you brought this up, Nathan. Are you talking just... about the the pilgrims or when the Colts came to came to Indianapolis <laughs> yeah, 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 from Baltimore? Yeah. Talk about the pilgrims. <laughs> well, because it's an did, interesting Did you bet on both? I was I don't know if you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I took the under on the pilgrims making it. <laughs> the um I was talking to my brother this past weekend and uh we we started talking about how so many people they hate the conversation about politics because they hate a personality, not because they hate the policies. They hate Donald Trump uh, personally, right? But when you ask them, what exactly did he do that you hate so much? They cannot bring up, you know, an answer. And so in the lane of, you know, America kind of in its founding, we had people that were on the Mayflower because they were in search of freedom to to, to make a buck, freedom to, you know, have a better life than he had in England. And you also had on there the religious folks, which were the pilgrims. They were called 
um, they were really called the the separatists. You had you had the, the Puritans who were trying to get um, to purify the Church of England from the inside, and then realized that's going to be really tough to do. The separatists is like we're gone, you know. And they <laughs> so were the I, ones I equate them. it to so I Rob, I can reform the Republican Party from within. Rob is like I'm gone. See you later. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it's, it's a it's a great illustration, right? We and we have this conversation uh, yeah. all the time. Yep. Say, Micah. It's so much nicer over here. Yeah. Yeah. But when you had the separatists and what what the people who were just coming to to say I'm I just want to make a buck. They were called the strangers, right? So, you know, we we've got this real deep Christian faith over here. We've got the the strangers over here. They're in it for a buck, but they're still on the same Mayflower, still signing the same, you know, original uh Compact, Compact mm-hmm. right? And where where we set up all, all of our policies and this has worked. And and it's a lot of times I think the religious right sometimes wants to destroy the Donald Trump, but he's right on so many mm. things. He's helping us. And then and then this side goes, Well, you are all a bunch of freaks and we don't want any part of your religiosity or you know what they perceive as that. But there's actually quite a boat there. You're to both be on. walking yeah. in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were trying you to play nice a right. little bit here, because we can work together. Yeah. It's like, hey, we we see we're both going for freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this idea that we can we could team up. And I think in that approach, when you team up, I think both sides start to actually give each other a little more grace. You know, I think yeah. when you it was hard. I, I, hey, I was a Ted Cruz supporter uh, in the primary before. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Same. W- were you not? Who do you think I was for in the primary? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Wasn't uh, Johnson? W- yeah, which one? You know, it's in- well. It's, you know, it's interesting because when it started, I really liked Ted Cruz, yeah. and when I saw Trump get off that elevator in New York, escalator. Is it escalator? <laughs> or is it, it elevator? Gold, no, golden escalator. Yes. Es- is it escalator? Escalator is the es- stairs. Es- oh, elevators when it when it, it shuts. Correct. What, what, what is this, 1932, man? Like, have you never been in an elevator before? So is There's it, an elevator you take every day up to the fourth floor in the uh, when studio. He, when he gave that speech <laughs> in New York announcing he was running, I said, man, if I were rich and famous and running for president, that's what I would be and that's what I would say. And he was like the first person that was like, he doesn't care whether he wins or not. He's out to just burn everything in his path to the ground. <laughs> and maybe we need that. Yeah. And I people kept saying, oh, he can't win. He can't win. He can't win. He can't win. It was like, there's a lot of people out there that believe that. And he's going to win. Mm-hmm. And I won several sizable wagers, not the gambling <laughs> on politics in the United States is legal. <laughs> Abdul had to take out a, a loan to pay you back. <laughs> but you, but getting back to this, and, and Mock does this better than probably any radio person I've, I've dealt with. And I know you guys have to do this in, in what you do every day. I call it a point of commonality. And that is to find, to start, something that everybody can agree on. And I remember when I was in public office, we had a police uh, a police chief. And every every time you'd meet with him, he was a, he was a, a fisherman on the side. Mm-hmm. And every time you'd meet with him, he'd talk about fishing. And it's like seven people in the world know about <laughs> professional fishing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and God bless you that, that you know about that and like that. But you're not finding any point of commonality that we can sit there and 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 build off of because when I meet with you, I don't immediately start talking about uh, Bruce Springsteen because there's not a point of commonality. Mm-hmm. You might talk about 
hey, how about those Colts? Or, you know, man, the Pacers are doing doing really good. Yeah. Can you believe IU basketball? Archie Miller, how bad is that? And it's finding that point of commonality. And Mock does that really quick, better than anybody. When we had our night with WIBC, she's great at sizing people up and finding the point of commonality where they feel really good. And I know in your guys, what you do every day, that's a huge thing too. We, we actually, as we're preaching messages, uh, kind of what we do is we go to the Bible, we say, okay, what's the message? And then we, we build the intro and the, ex- and, and, and the challenge, uh, ar- allowing the Bible to set the diet rather than us as preachers. That, what that does is it, it forces us not to just get up on our own soapbox and talk about the things we want to, but instead let's make it about what God says, right? So one of the things that we do is when we find out, okay, this is the problem of who we are, as people, then we start with a self-deprecating story that, you know, where you're basically making fun of yourself and I'm struggling with this, but I'm probably not the only person in the room. And everybody jumps on and goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, now there's, you know, you're definitely messed up. This is why you never went into the priesthood because you'd be like, I'm struggling with this. And people would be like, oh my gosh, that is disgusting. That's what that's what we do because the the preacher has to challenge himself. Any nobody nobody is going to connect with somebody who thinks they've got it all together. You have to put it out there. I I I am as damaged as you are. Everybody's sexually broken. Everybody's got a problem here, and that's kind of one of the message of where it's actually in our culture where the our culture tries to say everybody is innately good, right? But the Bible actually teaches that everyone is really innately evil. And the Constitution is based on that concept, that everybody is innately evil. That's why we have checks and balances against that evil. When you look at the French Revolution, they build everything on Voltaire that says, oh, you can trust us. Well, no, you can't. The Bible says, know your role. You are the sinner that needs saved. And this is this is how it works. So we're always kind of trying to make sure people know we got, we don't have it all together and you can feel free to, to be a mess. And we're going to love you through that mess. Cause God loves us through that mess. Mm. Mm-hmm, that's good. And you know, you brought up the French revolution. They built it on man's enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Constitution was on God's truth. Yeah. French revolution. What we've had seven French constitutions in the same amount of time as we've had one hmm. United States constitution. Longest serving constitution yep. in the history of the world. Yeah. The average constitution last about 17 years in the history of the world, mm-hmm. and ours has lasted 234 years. Well, I think that's where the uh, quote Jefferson came from about the tree of liberty. Yeah, being mm-hmm. sustained by being blood of patriots. Of he thought every 20 years you're going to have right. – this is only going to last about 20 years. Right. And that's I think what he, he would have been okay with uh, January 6th, actually. Well, January 6th, I think he would have said <laughs> – that's that's, that's that's not liber- an insurrection. It's like, uh, come back in a couple hundred years. We'll show you an insurrection, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. But that, yeah, I, I, overall, I, I do think the commonality that the WIBC audience has with the church and the church has with the WIBC audience that I've seen is that there is this hunger for freedom, right? It's just people want to be free. And I think when you dive into the church world, we're going to say, hey, there's a right way and a wrong way to live, but you have the freedom to choose. And we're going to, allow, we're going to protect your freedom. Now, we may not agree with your actions, mm-hmm. and we're going to tell you if you're, if you're living in a way that's going to have consequences, but we're going to protect your freedom to do it. 
but we're just going to be honest with you. And, and I think the WIBC audience is feeling the same way, whether you're Christian or not. They're saying, yeah. just, just let us be free. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In, in truth, it's love. It, yeah. It, it's really the definition of love. You know, like if you go back to the, the biblical story of, of Adam and Eve, without the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God putting a way for us to have a different, a different um, choice. I want you to serve me. I want you to love me. But love requires choice. It requires freedom. And so God is the author of liberty right there. I'm not going to make you love me. I want you to love me. I've got, I, I, I mean, we'd all be playing co-ed naked volleyball if it weren't for what they did. Right now. But go on. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Rob, Rob perked up. Oh, you're telling me the fall of man caused us not to be able to mess it up, Rob. Over, you know, over an apple. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it was it was. You have to choose to love me or not. God is so good when it turned when it comes to freedom. And there's things that we end up loving more than we love God. In in all actuality, Adam loves Eve more than he loves God. When Eve eats the fruit, he's gonna lose. She's going to die. And, Women. And, and, <laughs> well, yeah, and, and for some reason, we still gave you people the right to vote. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna die, and and she's gonna be lost. And Adam now is like, am I gonna let her be lost alone? You could almost say it's romantic stupidity, you know? <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to eat it too. Because I always, when I was a little kid, I don't know if you guys grew up in Sunday school at all, but they always taught us on flannel graph, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and in flannel graph, <laughs> Jesus was, or um, Adam was never in the picture. The, the serpent's talking to the woman and Adam's not there. He doesn't know he's going to eat the fruit, you know? But he was right there. And it's this actually a, a picture of of really weak male leadership. Yeah. He, 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 he had heard it directly from God. Don't do it. You know? So freedom is just at the core value of what real Christianity is. You can't love God apart from being able to choose him. You, you know, it's amazing as, as, uh, people of the church always do. Uh, you have taught me so much here today. I realized of all my terrible dating choices over the years, it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm just carrying on the tradition of Adam because he made the first original terrible dating choice. He, he did. That's right. You know, it, you're, you're not wrong, but you're kind of wrong. So. I, don't, I don't feel nearly as bad about all those times in Broad Ripple now. In, 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 in all actuality, he was married at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't dating. And the Lord told, gave him his wife. So who's the Lord giving you, Rob? Uh, what? I don't see a wedding ring, Rob. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm he not. Has... I'm not married. I have a woman associate. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very affectionate term. Yes. I mean, for those who haven't heard it before, he means that with all the affection in the world. Yes, she is. Uh, she's very wonderful. She wants nothing to do with my life of limelight. So <laughs> we playfully call her uh, a woman associate. That's, That's awesome. funny. I met her. One time. I still have not met You've her. You've not Wait, met no, her? No, I have. You've I met, met her. her at work. That's right. I met her at work, and then I and then it's, I haven't met her since. She worked at uh, Emma's. She was uh, the IT, one of the IT gurus, and uh, I kept breaking my computer so she would come over <laughs> and fix it. <laughs> Rob, and why are you kicking this yeah. thing? In air quotes, <laughs> yeah. breaking yeah, his why, why is there mustard in your hard drive? <laughs> <laughs> It looks, like, it looks like a hammer took this thing. And there's That's one right. sitting right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, that's great. Well, guys, it has been an absolute just fun, just pleasure having you on the show. It has been fun. Uh, yes, it's thank, awesome. Yes, thank, thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. No, this is great. So, and you know, thank you for what you're doing. Keep, keep, you know, speaking truth in such the winsome, fun way that you do every day. That's right. And if you're in Indianapolis, uh, Mock and Rob, they're on 93 uh, WIBC FM. And then they also have the podcast. So we got a lot of people that listen outside of the Indianapolis area. But go to Apple Podcasts and, and you can listen to all the shows there. And it's it's can worth I, it. Can I close with a question for both of you guys? I thought sure. you were going to say, can I close with a prayer? <laughs> no, that's what I, kinda, I was like, is he going to pray? <laughs> what, we're, in the, we're in church world. It's like Whenever some, someone says, can I close, it's yeah, going to be with yeah, a prayer. It's going to be a prayer. Now, now you guys, like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys... You guys will not believe this, and neither will our audience, and I don't think I've ever told Mock, but every day when I get to work, the first thing I do before I leave the car to come into work is I say a, a prayer for the day. It's amazing. No I'm not nearly as terrible as people think I am. <laughs> do you pray to Jesus? I do, yes. No, no kidding. Yeah, I know. I know. The no Father, the Son. No. I know them all, no, man. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Don't act so surprised, Nathan. Okay. <laughs> Nathan looks so concerned when we showed up. He's like, this studio is going to light on fire. <laughs> but the, the point of that is people have their relationships with the Lord in many different yeah. ways. And yeah. you, you never know who it is. But I did want to ask a very serious question yeah. to both of you. Yeah. As someone who has had a hair transplant, <laughs> my hair does not set nearly as perfect as either of yours. For real, you guys And I'm wondering hair. how you both do it. Well, listen, I just want you to know, whenever you're talking about it, I'm always trying to write down the number of the guy you that that helped you because <laughs> I'm like, this is going away. I'm walking outside. He screams out of his office. I'm in a parking lot across the thing. He's like, man, is your hair going? I'm like, thanks, bro. <laughs> you can see it if he turns around. It's, <laughs> it's, bald, it's, bald, it's balding on the back Shut there. Up. It looks like prior tuck. But I have thought about those pills, but there's there's repercussions <laughs> which, for which, those Wait, which, which pills are we talking about? No, there's not multiple. those pills. You have, to get, you have to buy more pills to handle the first pill. Yeah, we, took. we grow hair indie.com, but I'm just curious because you, you both... find a way to get that in everywhere. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why <laughs> they pay me. They pay you. That's exactly right. Uh, but I'm curious, how do you how do you guys consistently get the hair to look so nice? It's so, pretty amazing. So I have, um, okay, so I have uh, He's listing them. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a gel. Uh, I go to Sport Clips. Okay. Okay, so I go to Sport Clips, and, you know, there's there's some good uh, stylists there that I use. And then they've got a, like, a matte clay. It's a matte clay gel. Or not a gel. It's like a, a matte clay, I guess. It's a clay. And so I put that in. But here's the trick. I didn't realize this until they were teaching me uh, a few months ago because I was like, you guys always get it really good when I walk out, and I can never do it. And the trick is is to put that clay in your palm – Rub it around, okay, like, and get it all over your hand, and then just go through your hair and just start, like, just raking it, just in, raking it in. Yep. And then, and then you can, then you can mold it where the way you want it to mold. And then afterwards, no, afterwards, here's the secret sauce. Um, do you know the yellow got to be glued uh, hairspray? It's a yellow bottle. You can get it at CVS. Um, it's really bad for your hair, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you should get some. <laughs> you should get some. <laughs> And, uh, and Try that's like, this, it tastes terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a it's a hairspray. And so then you just kind of spray it and lock it in, and then you can walk out, and you're good to roll. So, yeah. So you can ride your motorcycle, and you're, you still jump off your motorcycle, do a hair flip, and it looks exactly the same way. I'm, with, a, I'm a $25 uh, Great Clips guy, and, and the crew thing, when I have to buy one and it's 13 bucks, I'm mad that week when I walk out. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's just 50 bucks. Uh, and I realize you just, you have to put it, you got to get your hair dry. Put yeah. your That's true. hair dry. That's if good, you put it in yeah. wet, it doesn't hold. And then I just have to keep pushing it up throughout the day. Because every yeah. time I've ever tried to do my hair, it looks like a like a train wreck. <laughs> like I'm worried someone's going to stop me and ask for my identification and what insane asylum I broke out of. <laughs> and you guys just are so on point with they your hair. That's because you don't, you don't wear pants. Yeah, if you start right. wearing pants, you know. That'd when, be... I, when I got married, I found out really that my wife did not like the way I dressed. And she didn't like the way I did my hair. Still to this day? No, no, no. When I okay. first got married, and 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 I, I, saw, I thought, I thought, well, you know, she's the one I, I have to try and impress. So I said, just go ahead and change anything you want to. And, and boy, did she change a lot of stuff. And now they play naked volleyball out back <laughs> behind their house. And we've come full circle. <laughs> But the Bible says they were naked and unashamed. That's right. That's good. Oh, yeah. No, you guys, there's no shame there. I'm telling it's you. Just, it's, like... it's just we have to pick the time when the neighbors are asleep. Oh, that's funny. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Hey, like us, uh, subscribe to us, give us a five-star rating, share, tell your friends about Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Uh, again, we had Mock and Rob as our guest today from WIBC. Check them out on WIBC 93.1 or their podcast. So Nathan, thanks for being here. Mock, Rob, thanks Thank for being you. here. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. So this has been Jesus, Sex and Politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That was good. Catch you next time. Bye.